The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. It is the best time of year to be a football fan, especially a college football fan. Whether your team had two wins like the UConn Huskies or you are playing for the national title like the Alabama Crimson Tide, it is one of the greatest times of year to be a sports fan, especially, like I said, in college football. We have over 20-plus bowl games in the next few weeks, starting off with, I think it's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which kicks off Saturday at 11 a.m., all the way down to the national title game, which kicks off in, I believe, exactly a month from today. Um, Don't quote. I think I actually got that right. But I have an awesome cast joining me today. Um, Joining me in the passenger seat, because unfortunately our boy Josh Mahler of rising to the occasion, by the way, check them out on all things social media. It's a great show. Josh is on the road and the poor bastard's connection shot. So he did us all solid, got me all the graphics, got me the operating, everything. So he's here in spirit. But joining me in my co-pilot seat tonight is an Auburn fan, an Auburn player, and a oh, fucking victorious Cowboys fan, ladies and gentlemen. Host, one of the hosts of High Low Sports po- Podcast, Kelsey Coyne. What up, what up? Uh, by the way, you actually have to play a game to be called a player. Uh, I never actually got that opportunity. I uh, stayed in practice only. So let's be very clear. All about right, that. Practice squad aficionado. Yeah, yeah there you go. Hopefully I don't also, miss up any of Josh's fun. Yeah, no, it's uh, it sucks, man. I feel bad for Josh. Um, Also joining us, host of the Tailgate on the Quad Pod, an Alabama fan, a very happy Tide fan. Um, I feel like we're going to have some discussion about how Michigan is staring down an incoming torpedo. Ladies and gentlemen, one one of my former co-hosts, one of the funniest people I know, Mr. Kevin. Hello, and Kelsey, uh, being a practice squad player at Auburn is a hell of a lot closer than 99% of people to D1 football. So give yourself some credit, man. I, I try not to. I, I try. I really try not to. He's and one of the, I'm going to give you the credit ones. you deserve. He's one of the that, humble ones. That might be the nicest thing Kevin's ever said to me, by the way. Well, I mean, he, here's the kicker. Kevin's actually a very nice person. He tries to act all r- gruff and tumble, but he's actually very nice. Yeah. So I, I will give him that credit. But <clears throat> that being said, we have one more guest coming in in the initial first hour, and the other two will be whittling in as they go. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Captain Luke Extravaganza I have never really worked with this man before, except for uh, uh, doing like big group shows. Um, big college football fan, pro sports fan, hockey fan. This guy covers everything. Ladies and gentlemen, Lou. Gr- Lou. I can't pronounce his last name. Grill, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Gamlin. The E is silent. Okay. Just call me Captain Lou like everybody Captain else. Captain Lou works for me. Lou, <laughs> welcome in. Happy Thank to have you. you. Happy to finally do a show with you where I'm calling the shots. And yeah, wait. And joining us now, a resident Sooner, uh, a Marvel aficionado, a basketball savant, and I think the best hair belly of sports. Ladies and gentlemen, host of Unfair Sports, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Smith. Good evening, everybody. Come in the nick of time, brother. You got me right in the middle of intros. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so, boys, we got a great show today. Obviously, we... We're going to talk bowl games. We're picking 10 games towards the end of the show. We have, we're talking Heisman, Transfer Portal, and at the very end, we will talk about the most obscure bowl games we are ex- expected and excited to see. That includes if your team is like mine and playing against Rutgers, you can say you're excited for that. That is your, that is your moment. That being said, 
We're going to start off with the initial one, the breaking news, obviously, on Saturday. Even though I don't know how much breaking news it really was, the guy had an amazing season. Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman vote. Uh, I I spelled something wrong, didn't I, already? No, no, no. You, you're good. You're good. No, you. That's 100% right, so, Jared. Yes. <laughs> Grammarly didn't screw me this time. All right. That being said, um, for those of you who don't get that reference, um, I have a very aggressive subscription to Grammarly because of my spelling problems. And sometimes they like to correct words like Heisman, spelling of players' names. Ladder. Ladder, context of wording. You know, usual fun stuff that makes me look even dumber than usual. But that being said, um, Jaden Daniels is your Heisman winner. Um, I believe – I do not remember the exact – I remember Marvin Harrison finished third – uh, second was Michael Panix Jr., I believe, and fourth was Bonix. No, Bonix was third, and yeah. Harrison was fourth. Okay, fair enough. I got him flipped, but either way, it kind of expected, right, fellas? I'm not really off on that one. Uh, I guess Kelsey, we'll start with you. Thoughts on Daniels with the Heisman? I watched him three times this year. I loved how he played, put up some of the best numbers I've seen in a while. Very similar numbers to Joe Burrow from 19, except he didn't have a loaded roster around them, so he didn't win or win the national title, go undefeated. But Daniels wins the Heisman. Initial thoughts, Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I, I I think Dave Daniels had a fantastic season. Absolutely. I think he's an absolutely fantastic player. But <laughs> is he the most unstoppable quarterback of the quarterbacks that were in this Heisman Trophy? No. The, the man gave up or had less than 100 yards total offense against Auburn, which in and of itself is a six and six team. Uh, so if you can't beat them, you're not doing great. Um, and then you look at on the other side, Michael Penix Jr. I'm sorry, the guy has one of the deadliest abilities to throw to the outside of the field I've ever seen. Um, his 10 yard outs are stunning. Uh, mm-hmm. Bo Nix will be a fantastic game manager at the next level. Um, don't know if he deserves maybe what the Heisman is for us for, but you know, look, I, I, mean, I look at Michael Penix as the guy that probably should have won this, but I, I get it. I get, get I get Jaden Daniels, but at the same time, I feel like there's a little SEC bias in this one. And as I, as an SEC fan, I can feel like I can say that comfortably, but you know what? I can't take away what he did on the ground either. So it's a, you know, it's a fantastic season, but I personally feel Michael Penix should have taken this one. Fair enough. Uh, Kev, I, I, obviously, I, everyone knows your thoughts about LSU being like you know a school that I wouldn't say a rival because you call it the Bryant Denny West. But thoughts on Daniels winning the Heisman? He had LSU in that game against Alabama in its entirety until he got his brain scrambled, and then Brian Kelly tried to kill him by putting him back in, and then complaining that the hit got his brain scrambled. I digress. He was electric all year. I think the people complaining, oh, but his team has three losses, are insane. Some other three-loss Heisman winners, Bo Jackson, Tim Brown, Ricky Williams, Tebow, RG3, Lamar Jackson. Paul Horning won it with Notre Dame in 1956 while going 2-8. It does not matter the win-loss record. It matters the performance on the field. Paul Horning should not have won it that year. Uh, Jim Brown should have won it. But I digress. The three losses is not a fucking issue with the Heisman. Fair enough. Lou, what are you thinking? Well, I'll give you credit because Jaden Daniels won it. Yeah, he did win it. If win-loss record would have mattered, if they're staying consistent with the uh, college football playoff because Bo Nix went 13 – or uh, uh, Michael Penix went 13-0. and 0. 
his numbers were pretty good to me. I thought he deserved it. But Jaden Daniels came on strong in the end. And I guess I can't argue with it. But uh, I was rooting for Penix. I watched him play in the Big Ten with Indiana. He put up gaudy numbers then. I thought he played magnificently all year with Washington. Um, I just thought his whole body of work throughout the whole year was better. But uh, to Kevin's point, I, you know, win-losses shouldn't matter. I just thought Penix had a better year all for the whole year. But uh, Jaden Daniels, he had some flashy performances, and uh, you know, he caught the he caught the voters' eyes towards the end. So I guess he deserves it. I, I can't argue with that. That's great. It's my my initial thought. What I wanted was Penix. I was enamored with this kid all year, and picking mm-hmm. against him against Oregon still like haunts me. One because it cost me my parlay, but two also, you know, it's just I, I've been I've been rooting for this kid all year. I've been ba- his biggest uh, fan, and I get chicken shit because freaking Josh Mahler tells me that all oh, Oregon's gonna run all over. The, they're the more physical team, and I look like a doofus on on uh, that Tuesday show. <laughs> yeah. Jay, I gotta ask you, my man, thoughts on the Heisman, and we'll move on to some transfer portal fun. Yeah, no, I get everybody's argument around Jaden Daniels winning it. And to add to the three loss Heisman Trophy winners, Caleb Williams won it last year, three losses. So it's not like it's uncommon for the top player to come from a team that doesn't win at all or win, win, you know, they win 10 games is typically what you're required to. So Jaden Daniels is probably going to end up with 10 wins by the end of the season. They'll win their bowl game most likely. But when I looked at the numbers itself, we got to keep in mind that the Heisman is a college award. It's not a pro one. We don't care about how your potential is in the NFL because most Heisman trophy winners fizzle out in the NFL because it's about how you did in college, not about how you do in the NFL. And so Daniels finished with 4,900 yards total, almost 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, four picks. That's stupid. That's just stupid numbers for a team that is 108th in total defense and 80th in scoring defense. Like his team, his defense tried their hardest to lose those games for him. And he found ways to win them. And I've never seen LSU have that bad of a defense ever. Like they usually have some sort of a pulse on defense. We're going, they did not have that this year. We're going pretty whatsoever for a defense that bad. So, right. They, They just, they didn't have anything. And so, I thought Bo Nix would most likely win it just because his numbers, just because what he was doing at Oregon and the way they were blowing teams out. But then you look at the fact that Jaden Daniels had 4,900 yards total offense Mm. and 50 touchdowns total. And that's rushing and passing that told you bar for bar word for word, the dude's the best player in the country this past season. And I love how Arizona state fans were shading the hell out of him when he left to go to LSU and then the dude walks out with the Heisman Trophy. Like, how stupid do you feel saying, well, he sucks. We're glad he's gone. And now he's Heisman Trophy winner. And he this is going to probably be back-to-back 10-win seasons. And you look at Arizona State like, well, we have to fire Herm Edwards because, you know, Herm Edwards, you know, doesn't Did he even make it off thing. the field when no, he got fired? Was fired. That- oh, no, he got fired in the in the, in the, 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 the tarmac? walkway. Yeah. Got fired in the walkway. <laughs> they, they didn't hit him with Elaine Kiffin. They didn't fire him on the tarmac, yeah. you know, leaving the other stadium and telling him, hey, you need to find your own flight home. We're going to have to just leave you here. Now, they actually – they fired him in the hallway, so he, he he survived at least that much. But, no, Daniels, the fact that those 4,900 yards and 50 touchdowns came from him with the defense as atrocious as LSU had, 
Mm, yeah, he definitely deserved that award. I don't understand why Marvin Harrison Jr. was there, though, which I get. I guess it's because everyone hates Kyle McCord. I don't get why he why he was there. I still don't. Oh, I oh, wow. I know this. And Kevin knows the answer to this one. Yeah. If, so if you take if you look at Marvin Harrison and you go to his stats page, uh, if you cut the junior off of the end of his name, that's why. Oh, okay, it's Marvin point. Harrison's son. That's the only yeah. reason why he, he looked like oh, his daddy. After, you okay, listen. I think he's what he's like a highest. He's like third or fourth or fifth in all the major stats. Like nothing's blown away statistically. He was he's the best pass catcher on a great college team. Congratulations with a perf- uh, all fame caliber father. But oh my god, it, he was tied for second in touchdowns. He was like ninth or tenth in yards and thirty seventh yep. in receptions. And for a team where he was their clear cut number one, you cannot be thirty seventh in receptions if you're expecting to win the Heisman as a wide receiver. Wow. He, I mean, it, Malik Neighbors had fourteen touchdowns with eighty six catches and fifteen hundred yards. So that's kind of where I was confused with how he ended up in there, but Marvin Harrison didn't. But I guess it's because Heisman Marvin Harris, everyone hates Kyle McCord. Look at the last Heisman winner to win a wide that was a wide receiver. Oh, yeah, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith yeah. right? Like one of my favorite humans on the planet, right? But his stats were insane. And mm. it wasn't like Marvin Harrison also on the eye test alone, right? And I've said this yep. to Kevin because we were coasting the show together this time. I was blown away because Devontae Smith was the best player on the field. Doesn't matter what side of the ball. He would. He was a dominant force. This little skinny 160-pound guy was lighting your team up. Marvin Harrison Jr. is an incredible receiver. I that turn that jumping turnaround catch is like iconic, but at the same time, it's it's not anything. I'm like, okay, Heisman moment. It's like, yeah, he's awesome. He's going to be an incredible pro player. Okay, but- all right. So <laughs> I'm going to use this argument for the LF for Jaden Daniels. Maybe his numbers were inflated because his defense was so goddamn bad that <laughs> I mean he had to do that. You put, you put Michael Penix with that offense, he would have probably put up those kind of numbers because he would have had to because their defense was so putrid. I'm sorry. I, Marvin Harrison is going to be an all-time great in the pros. He's got that, he, he's got that talent. He's a touchdown-making machine whenever you think if McCord could get him the ball. But you just uh, answered our question, Lou, why we're disagreeing with you. Because the talent's no question. He's one of the most talented college football receivers I've ever seen. Okay, who uh, else? Who who should have been higher than Harrison for the Heisman voting? I mean, Brian I, Thomas, Malik Neighbors. Oh no way! No way! Yeah, they both had statistically better seasons, uh, much better seasons. I don't buy it. And, and, and their teammates. No, they, they, you don't buy it. But statistics, like, and this Rome? is not. And Jay said, Jay said the best thing possible. Yeah, Rome. It is a not a pro award, and the thing is. That's Who's right. the best college player out of this entire class? Probably Marvin Harrison Jr. But here's the thing. It is not a pro award. It is a college You're right. high test award. And the problem is, is that the guys Kevin named put up better stats God. and better numbers, and they looked just as good on tape. That's God. the problem. Marvin Harrison is a supremely better player, Lou. I will not disagree with you there. He is going to be that next A.J. Brown, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, where he's going to impact the field from the second he walks on Well, it. I don't know. The way a couple of you guys were talking, you put the junior off of his name. Right, you don't, right. you don't give him any credit. It was because of his nomination. It wasn't because of his talent. Or, or, or the Heisman Trophy. Like, Fair enough. If, 
it, 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 it's got to be the hate for Kyle McCord, which is why he transferred out as well, because people just really I mean, don't think that he's any good. I love your segue. <laughs> this is why Jay's a perfect point guard. He's segueing me in my, our next topic. We're yeah. talking transfer portal. The quarterback carousel continues. I swear. It's Crazy. Like every, well, all right, let's see some of the new ones. Um, uh, Dylan, uh, Your boy Dylan Gabriel is uh, headed up north to play for Oregon. We've got Kyle McCord what? apparently visiting with Nebraska. Um, oh, God. Right, just let's just keep adding to the fun. Um, we have the kid out of uh Mississippi State. I think it's a what's the last name, Kevin Rogers. Rogers. Um, there's a there's a obviously a few more. Tyler Van Dyke, another one uh, who I you know from Miami. There are a bunch of different quarterbacks coming out. It was like seven or eight I saw. Cam Ward. Cam Ward. That's the big one, right? Aiden Kyles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all right, now that Dylan Gabriel was kind of like the first domino to fall. Who goes next to where? I'll take some bold predictions here, fellas. If you got one, this is like the reason I didn't put this in the write up is I like off the cuff predictions when it comes to this kind of shit. Generally, when you fire one from the hip, usually you hit it. So, um, whoever wants to stab at this first, except if Kyles is going to go to Michigan State and follow his coach. Yeah. I, I, that I, was I, like I don't know if that's bold, but it's not, but it's, it's on point. I got yeah. one. I got one for you Cameron Ward to Miami. Ooh. Okay, hold on. Yeah, we saw this coming. It wasn't even biased, even though I got the Ed Reed jersey behind me. No, but listen, I w- I would love Cam. Ward. He's at the top of my wish list, but I, you know, it's he's there tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I tomorrow. believe so. I oh, wow. my one of my buddies, uh, one of my fr- uh, Twitter friends who works for uh, State of the U, or he's there. He already tweeted about apparently Ward's visiting. They kept telling me McCord. I'm like, I don't want his soft ass shit at Miami. We just got rid of a soft white boy. I don't want another one. Mm, that's tough. Uh, I hear you. Oh, here's here's, here's a question for you. Kate I love the hate, man. It's great. Kate what McNamara the- potentially transferring to Ohio State. Oh my God! <laughs> that has been that has been the rumor mill around Ohio. Is State. that are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. Oh my God! Oh wow! So Boy, the way uh, he was throwing shade at Michigan. Quarterback. The, the rumor is there's a quarterback potentially transferring to Ohio State. That Ohio State fans absolutely have hated before. That they would have such a strong opinion on, they would still hate him. So they would, how many quarterbacks out there would be transferring to Ohio State that have a hated rivalry like Michigan? Oh, with his spaghetti knee? Holy uh, cow. Knee. <laughs> wow. He, well, they have, this, they have that young – what's the young kid's name they've got that they've been raving about? I can't remember oh. his crazy Ooh. last name. They've been saying look, every Ohio State fan telling me it's like the, the he's the new like he's the new like guy like the new Stroud and I'm like it's like Leinholtz or Leinholtz something like that yeah Line yeah something mm. weird sounding like something mm. super German sounding um but that being said Kev you've been pretty quiet here you got one for me not really I was trying to think of a really stupid place I could see Kyle McCord going but the problem is he didn't have a bad year Mm-mm. oh he, yeah. He didn't beat Michigan, neither did C.J. Stroud. So I, I get that it's viewed as a failed year, but he's not a bad quarterback. I think Nebraska could potentially be very excited to get him. Now, there are also rumors that the 2025 class, the number one quarterback in the country, number two player overall committed to Georgia, might flip to Nebraska. That might change what Nebraska is trying to do. They might just go to McCord for a year or two while they try to get this new guy in if they do end up flipping him. 
So I think McCord and Nebraska actually makes a lot of sense for what they're doing, try and get that timetable moving and give Matt Rule a good quarterback. Huh. That much oh, NIL it's... money in Nebraska? Oh, yeah. It's all that yeah. corn, baby. <laughs> they don't I need somebody so, else. Hey. They got to pay somebody. Yeah. Listen, right. behold this Crawford made it work with an air conditioning company. Why not? Yeah. Right on. Oh, my God. You know, I know, an, 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 like, I know we – Look at Georgia, right? With with Beck and, and everybody's like, oh yeah, he's fine. What about if Kyle McCord ends up at Georgia? Would I he mean, not be the next Stetson Bennett? Except I mean, for a better arm. Maybe oh. I, I think it's a, is he going to beat out McCord in camp? I mean, back in camp though. I mean, for Kirby Smart's sake, yeah, you could. I mean, Kirby you Smart said the next Stetson Bennett. Does Kyle McCord come with a cocaine addiction, or does that come when he uh, gets not, to It's Athens? not cocaine, it's alcohol. I think that happens okay. when you get to Athens along with speed. Uh, I've heard both. Man, you guys are cold. <laughs> cold bleated. I keep I forgetting. This is the first time Lou's been around our sense of humor. <laughs> I love it. No, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. This is so. This is just kind of like a sneak peek of what the corner booth turns into by the end of the show. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just gets yeah. worse. What's the, I'm actually on my best behavior tonight. I'm only having one glass of bourbon. So, Well, there you go. I was like, there's a reason Jay has a coffee cup next to him. <laughs> Can't think All right, <laughs> fellas, um, we're going to get right into the main event. This is what we've all been waiting for. We're picking games. We're going to start off all the way down because this game I put at the very la- like the lowest of the rankings. For the exclusive fact that, like, Iowa's offense is terrible. We have number 17, Iowa, taking on Tennessee in the Cheez-It Bowl. Spread at the moment is minus seven. This may be obviously something that should change. Um, These graphics were made yesterday. That being said, gentlemen, how are we feeling? Iowa versus Tennessee. Obviously, we're only, we got about another 45 minutes into the show. So, um, uh, no, actually, no. Sorry. Yeah, about another hour-ish left in the show. So we we can actually get a little more in-depth. This isn't like the regular corner booth production where we got five minutes a game. So initial thoughts, Iowa versus Tennessee. Iowa finally freed from their horrible offensive play calling still to score no points against Michigan, but that really isn't saying much in that game. Anyway, who wants to take a first crack at this one? If nobody goes, I'm going to pick somebody, and they're just going to end up in the big screen. Tennessee and the points. Ooh. Okay. Any reasons? Iowa can't move the ball. (laughs) (laughs) The worst part is that's like the best explanation you can give for this game. I don't know what else to say. I I mean, mean, listen, Joe Milton is literally Uncle Rico 2.0. He's like, you want to see me throw it over that mountain? (laughs) I've seen enough Iowa games being in Big Ten country. They're brutal. The only team they really scored upon was Michigan State. and That ought to tell you something right there. So too concerned with other things at that point, probably. Um, that being said, I will agree with Lou here. I'm gonna take Tennessee in the points because I as much as Joe Milton, this is the anniversary when Joe Milton lit up our friends over at uh Clemson last year. Our boy Mason was in the stands for that one. He said Jared was a one, it was like a one in a million unicorn show. And um, I don't know. Once in a while, the blind squirrel gets a nut. Once in a while, um, <laughs> Joe Milton hits his target. So, I mean, I think this is the game. He just plays big and bowl games, I guess. I'll, I'll go with uh, Tennessee and the spread. Okay, it's me. I was looking up <laughs> Iowa's schedule this year. 
I don't want to pick Tennessee. I can't feel like I can't <laughs> as an Alabama fan. I cannot verbalize Tennessee onto the internet. So, hang on. but I think Iowa will still cover. I think that defense is too good. I think Joe Milton has some issues with accuracy. I think t- Iowa's pass rush will help with that a bit for Iowa's sake. But no, I still think. <laughs> if you need the beat button, I have the bleep on. Yeah, it. he has the soundboard for it. It's just no, it's fine. I'll just I'll mute it. myself. <laughs> I'll just mute myself whenever I have to say that. Oh man, oh, that was great. I think it, it was you got you lose Did your card carrying member of Tide Nation. Uh, maybe I don't know, but I I wasn't gonna risk it. It's also why I'm I'm loving how in the background of this graphic you have the little like slice through of the head of uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, it would have been bad taste if it was through his ankle. Believe it's through his noggin. It just means I don't like him. Wow. wow. All right. So uh, Jay. Yeah. So. I saw Tennessee last year. That's my second team. That's my original SEC team. At the Orange Bowl last year, and Joe Milton cooked up a Clemson defense that was actually pretty good. Iowa is not defensively as good as Clemson. They never will be. They're, you know, they're really good in the Big Ten. They're a really good Big Ten defense. We don't see very many explosive offenses in the Big Ten Besides your traditional teams of Ohio State, Michigan, every other year you see with Michigan State, every third year you see with Penn State, Tennessee should blow the doors off of them with no problem in Florida, in the South, where Iowa, I don't think they feel very comfortable back down there. It's just yeah. not their thing, especially yeah. the fact that they don't like playing offense anyway. They like to punt on second down if they possibly can because they need that defense to get out there and get them a score. Um, now, I can, I will predict something bold. Here's a hot take. I do sense an Iowa touchdown will show up in this game. That's two safeties and a field goal. Oh, there you I go. I can totally see an Iowa <laughs> touchdown happening. But I think Tennessee beats them. <laughs> I see Tennessee beating them by at least two scores. Yeah. This game is going to be brutal. That's why I put it at tenth. But it's like it's too good it's of awful. teams just to like not put this in here. At least as my tenth. Uh, I personally rather would have saw you know Tulane or anybody else up here um, other than Iowa and Tennessee. But no, the, yeah, I think everybody's got a good point about Iowa. Their offense sucks. Uh, but let's not forget Tennessee's offense is not that great this year either. Uh, it's about as hot and cold as it can get. Uh, you're talking about team that. One game looks like they're going to put up 50. Next game looks like they might get five because of a safety. You might get lucky. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to say there with, with that. If if we're Cade, if we're talking Cade McMahon starting a quarterback, I'd probably give this Iowa easily um, just because the run game is pretty good. The defense is good enough to be consistent, and that's that's really the strong pursuit of Iowa is they're consistently def- uh, on, on defense, whereas Tennessee, yeah, lack of consistency. Um yeah, you know what? It's it's a bowl season. Go Tennessee on this one. Why not? It's just I, this is like I really don't care about this game type of thing. Uh, I probably in this bowl more than any other bowl though. Back when it was the Emerald Nut Bowl, but yeah. Fair enough. All right. Speaking of hot and cold, we're switching over to Oregon State 
and uh, Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Um, I can't read the bottom end of that graphic. Whatever the hell it uh, – Independence, whatever it is. The Stripes Bowl. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> both these teams had the most random up-and-down seasons. You had Oregon State, who was just a nice surprise with our, my boy DJU at the quarterback at the helm. You know, you got their now their head coach is going over to Michigan State along with their backup quarterback, possibly, and their starting quarterback. So I don't know if the third string guy is playing or what, but um then you take on a Notre Dame team who had everyone fooled for 80% of the season when they did God's work and took out uh um <laughs> they almost took out Ohio State, then took out, you know. Those those uh, weirdos from Clemson. So you know they 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 were an interesting team this year. They they stood in a lot of games they shouldn't, and they ended up finishing in the top twenty. So it's you know good for them. Spread around was five and a half. I'll open the floor to you guys. How we feel at Oregon State and Notre Dame? I'll lead the way. Um, who's playing for Oregon State right now? I feel Who's like it's physically on the roster situation from last year. That's what kind of worries me about betting on this game. Right. And I'm baffled by the spread when we know that there's about like seven guys left on the whole roster because literally their entire team has jumped in the portal. I mean, two quarterbacks, um, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, corner. I mean, if you name it, they're probably in the portal. It's wild how that mass exodus hit them the minute that Jonathan Smith left. But at the same time, I feel for Oregon. I feel for any other program because if you can't keep your own, how do you expect to keep anybody else? Dude was an Oregon State alum. They found his gear at Goodwill with his name itched and stitched in the, in the freaking collar. That tells you enough. Them boys are in shambles. That P2 conference, the Pac-2 ain't gonna, ain't gonna make it very well. So in this game, I'm going Notre Dame. Sam Hartman should be out there playing. He kind of has to play if he wants He's to not. get drafted. He's not gonna play? Nope. Did he already – why would he do that to himself? Uh, he, I heard it tonight. He declared he's not gonna play. Breaking he's gonna news. declare for the draft. Ops out. Why? My boy, like you, he just you, he just shot his draft stock. I'm sorry, head. I didn't mean to burst your bubble, but no, 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 you're good because that's exactly the news I needed to hear from eight hours yeah. ago. Is the fact that this dude decided to oh. opt out, and I was my point was going to be he needs to play because he kind of needs to look good in a, in more games to get people to even care about him. But ain't nobody gonna care enough for him to even draft him. Probably, I mean, he may be lucky enough to go seven, yeah, six I'll or seven ish, but six rounds, six round with him. Yeah, some, team, listen, some, some random team is going to throw him in the back as a backup. They don't care. Fair point. So give me Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame wins this game because I just don't know if Oregon State has enough players to fill it. It's the Ben Gol- Golbranson is the starting quarterback for Oregon State. <laughs> Golbranson, baby. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to go and jump on this one just so I can make this insult. Uh, Mac Jones is a first-round quarterback. Let's not forget. Um, so if Mac Jones went in the first round, Sam Hartman is easily going in the top five rounds. Hey, Lance. <laughs> Well, I'll leave Trey Lance alone. He's 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 a serviceable third string quarterback right now. Before you say um, something on that, Mac Jones only went first round as a favor to his friend. That's it. That's a Belichick saving connection. That's it. There, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm sure Kevin might good not point. disagree with you right now. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I just have to make that jab at Alabama when I get the opportunity. Um, but no, I think I think you look at this and yeah, everybody's right. Oregon State literally is their highest like. 
hoorah right now is the fact they got Northern Colorado's defensive lineman uh, out of the transfer portal. So moving up from FCS to to FBS for him. But like, yeah, no, I mean, there's nobody going to be playing. Uh, Notre Dame, this team, let's not forget, three years ago, this team is struggling, right? You know, you just you just lost your head coach. You get, you're an interim head coach just willing you through a bowl game. Now they're competing. They're a top 25 team. I think, yeah, Sam Hartman's done a, a, a little bit, not a great, not as great as they would like him to do. Um, but, yeah, this Notre Dame team is going to probably win this game and then be on their way to something next year. Uh, at least we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I do believe Notre Dame will at least figure it out next year when they when they get get together. It's gonna kill me to say this, but Fighting Irish. I don't know if they cover because I if if not Hartman's not playing, who's not to say this this kid Gulberson or Golbranson or whatever his fucking name is? He has he started. Play. He started so. He might be not terrible, honestly. Like in a bunch, those young guys might actually want to play a little bit. Show if they can actually move. Well, I'm going to make the bold prediction and say Oregon State's going to win because their their defensive coordinator is the coach now, and he's already pissed because of what happened, and they've got a chip on their shoulder. And with Hartman not playing, it, it I guess you get one of these bowl games where they're not playing for anything. Who it's who gives a shit more? And I think Oregon State might. And so I'm going, with, I'm going with the Beavs, at least to cover okay. or stay within five and a half. First off, I will not stand for Sam Hartman slander. Uh, yeah, he needs to play well to look good. He needs to look good in this game to get drafted. My God, that man looks good, whatever he does. That's fair. He is hot. <laughs> and I'm no, straight, but he is a hot man, my God. <laughs> God took a little extra time when he made Sam Hartman. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I, yeah, him not playing is hurt. Is it bad for Notre Dame? Obviously, but I think Marcus. This might be a must-win game for Marcus Freeman. <laughs> Brian Kelly came into a six and six team at Notre Dame and immediately had them eight wins. Marcus Freeman inherited an eleven and one team from Brian Kelly when he went to LSU. I don't know if Marcus Freeman will get the same leeway that Brian Kelly did considering how much better the program was when he took it over. I think this is a must-win game for Marcus Freeman. I think Marcus Freeman is going to get that in his players' heads, and I think Notre Dame's going to cover. I'd like to actually jump off of what Kevin said. I, I, how many of you do think that Marcus Freeman is is kind of on a do-or-die situation here? Because I feel oh, like I Notre Dame's history is three years and you're out. That is that's true. How much do they give uh the big fella, Charlie Weiss? What, like two and a half years? Nah, seven. That's how long it was? Yeah. Holy shit. One of their winningest coaches in the I, league. I keep forgetting he's the Brady Quinn years. I forgot about that. Um <clears throat> I don't know. I don't I don't think through I, I I think if they get killed or it's like it's like an ugly game and it, it just looks bad and it looks terrible, then yes, like this the seat gets hotter. I think we're talking, we're having this conversation next year if they're still around the back end of the top 25 falling out of it towards the end, towards bowl season. I think he gets one more year. Um, I think they thought he should have been like in the top 10 with Sam Hartman, the best quarterback they've had in that program in a while, mm-hmm. talent wise. And He's they under delivered. So did he? That's fair. Isn't Ian Book statistically one of their better quarterbacks? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
But that says hard. everything you need to know about Notre Dame quarterback play the last while. Well, let's not forget one of their third best quarterbacks so far recently. It was also a lacrosse transfer to Alabama uh, who got benched after how long did he play, Kevin? Two two quarters? One quarter? Quarter and a half. I think, and I half. think they went to Ty Simpson very fast. Also, no, he was a football transfer to Alabama. Now oh, he's sorry, a lacrosse he transfer to back to Notre Dame. That's yeah. right. My bad. My bad. Embarrassing. Chris Hogan wannabe. I mean, the guy, the way this guy's been talking in the comments, I have a weird feeling he's a Florida State fan. Just, just. Ah, we're leaving. We're leaving the Florida State commentary out of this one. Uh, I come on, I want to take shots so bad. They broke. I mean, yeah, the whole team is do or die because as the college football playoff has become a thing, and as it's going to begin expanding, because. They're not stopping at 12, by the way. Anyone who thinks that is insane. They're going to keep fucking going. They're going to see the money signs from this 12 team and go, oh, why not Why not 24? Why not a March Madness thing while we're giving these kids CTE that has never been seen on this scale? It's CTE is looking like that, like Michael Jordan, when he sees a an inferior opponent lineup against that's what CTE is going to be like with a March Madness style football tournament. But yeah, no, as they expand, if you aren't making one of those college football playoff bowl games, no one's going to care. Nobody will give a shit. I mean, unless you're like a a group of five that sucked the year before. Or if you're like a perennially bad conference team and this is your best year you've had in years. Or if you're a team like Miami who had all the injuries in the world and has been terrible for a decade and finally got their shit somewhat together. I mean, well, let's look at it this way, right? Let's flip this a little bit differently. Let's word this question a little differently. Okay, you have – everybody remembers the old NCAA 14, right, with the prestige lines, with the street, prestige stars? Yeah. All right, look at all those teams that had those prestiges. How many of those teams are still actually good now? And then, better yet, of those teams that are trying to strive to get back to that level – like, how I mean, how much can you afford to give your coach extra years? Because at this point in time, you're getting millions and millions, if not billions, if you make the playoff. Whereas if you don't, you're getting $30,000 to go to the Sun Bowl. I mean, is it worth keeping a coach longer to try to risk potential more subpar bowls? Or, I mean, what do you, I, I don't know. I, I mean, part of the issue, though, with that mindset is, you will fire a coach who has been successful with you. You've beaten your biggest rival. You've gone to the national championship. You've shown out and shown you can be a competent, good football program. And then you end up hiring Brian Harson. Ouch. So, so it, it, it it's yeah. a toss up. <laughs> he's right though. He's not wrong. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, ouch, but wait, he's got something there. <laughs> uh, he's actually exactly right. I mean, no, you're to your point. Yeah. But, it does. It does beg the question of how long do you give a coach? Like how much? How much least do you give a coach? Right? Like how do you reward them for past victories? Because if you do, then you sometimes run into situations where you've seen, like Charlie Weiss, for example, you mentioned early on in his t- tenure, very good. Later in his tenure, oh my God, he's coaching Kansas. Like <laughs> you know, he is, this might as well be what he is. So you, you know, you, how much leeway do you give a coach nowadays when you have so much money on the line to get to a? 12 as kevin put maybe even greater playoff down the road i mean there's so much money out there can schools afford to keep giving these co- coaches leeway i think it depends i think kirby smart will have 
the all the leeway in the world. I think Nick Saban can coach at Alabama until the day he fucking dies. And maybe a couple seasons after that really depends on what the co- available coaches are looking like. Uh, and I, I think Augustus Miles on probably should have gotten a little more leeway, but I, he would have gotten less than those other two. Right. All righty. Moving on to uh, – I was going to make a joke about both these teams having uh, co- former coaches that would have some uh, interesting pasts and histories, but we'll start – we'll go to Ole Miss and Penn State here at 10 and 11. I'm going to hold my Penn State jokes because this is a semi-family-friendly program today. Um, we dropped an F-bomb in the first five minutes. I don't know how. Yes, but this this sense. gets into the dark areas. This gets really into the I dark know. the regions of my sense of humor. So, I mean, how dare you talk about Bill O'Brien like that? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the, the dark he I, I, the darkest thing he ever did was his offense, and then cutting DeAndre Hopkins in the middle of an emerging playoff perennial playoff team. I don't know. I'm not going to make any horrible jokes. Bill O'Brien's just Bill O'Brien. He's just a, he's the Jeb Bush of offensive coordinators. But Jeb is entertaining. <laughs> Penn state would love to have Bill O'Brien the way their offense goes. James Franklin is just a knockoff Keegan Michael Key, man. Like, there's nothing really yeah. entertaining about it. He's just he's an average head coach. Like, yeah. he, he, like you're trying to tell. And I've been every, my I come from a whole family of Penn State fans because I had my oldest cousin went there, so everyone decided to allow my youngest, one of my youngest, she goes there for her master, so they're all Penn State fans. I'm just like, because it's just to me, it's just a joke of a program. There's also, talk about leeway. James Franklin has been coasting on one Big Ten championship for the past <laughs> Yo, seven years. I just thought of that for a second. We were talking about coaching. I'm like, wait a minute. He's been there for almost, what, a decade at this point? And he's, yeah, one Big Ten title. Yeah. I think his average is maybe three and losses I'm- a year. I mean, he's the he's the he's he's literally, he's Iowa with a better offense. Man. Yeah. That's right. I don't know. Do they do they cross twenty five points every game? Yeah, but they also give up twenty five points, so it's kind of eh. <laughs> Iowa gives up only scores twelve, but they only give up eight. Like, <laughs> so I and that's the thing. It's like, and then you go down to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is the Penn State of the SEC. A couple flashy players here and there every year. You know, everyone talks about they have a shot at winning the damn SEC, and then they just don't do shit. I mean, the fact they finish at the eleventh, good for Lane and the boys. They're the starters of the season. Lane Kiffin. Don't get me started on him. <laughs> I feel like we just struck a hardcore Lou there. Um love Lane. Lane's the most overrated. Oh God. Oh no, you started. Lou, you got you got Lane you got Kiffin it. is the most overrated college footballer pro head coach in the last 25 years. For all the accolades he got before he got to Ole Miss. You know, what did he ever do? What did he ever win? Sir, I raise you Lincoln Riley. Oh, well, he's getting there. <laughs> what do they have in common? They both coached at USC. Handsome gentlemen who coached at USC were gifted Heisman winning quarterbacks and couldn't win more than six or seven games. <laughs> no, I just, I've never been a Lane Kiffin fan. Maybe it's because Colin Coward used to slobber all over him. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Coward I digress. Slobbers on everybody. Then, right, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, until you break up with his daughter, actually. <laughs> Just ask DTR and uh, Trey Lance how that went. Fair point. Ouch. 
All right, Jay, do we uh, get your pick for that last one? I we kind of went on a rant for like forty five minutes about. Uh... Oh yeah, I, I picked Notre Dame because okay, make any sense okay, Oregon because exactly like this is a longer form of like, and I just want to make sure we got the picks. But Jay, the floor is yours. How you feeling, Old Miss Penn State? <clears throat> so I'm a little bitter about this game. Um, because I'm still mad. trying to figure out why my Sooners didn't get picked as one of the 10 and two teams to make it into a new year six game. I mean, we have the best win of the group of people and our losses were combined eight points on the road, uh, in a conference that's been pissed that we're leaving for the last three years, but I digress. You're leaving out Tulane. Huh? You're leaving out Tulane. Yeah. Yeah. Kelsey has an unholy man crush on the Tulane. Uh, well, the SEC team that doesn't that's not in not doesn't exist in the SEC. That's what they. Yeah, are. yeah. After they left the SEC, that's kind of just when they just kind of vanished. But they still get all the Louisiana boys, so they're still yeah. very competitive. Also, oh, awesome yeah. campus. But yeah, yeah, a beautiful campus too. I've been there a couple times, but, but I digress. Ole Miss should go in there and, and cook Penn State. Like like nothing about Penn State is impressive whatsoever. They play a very cupcake schedule in the Big Ten every year, and then they meet the two big dogs and get their asses kicked. That's just like the tradition, as old as the game itself, it feels like. So they're always propped up with a record that never reflects how they actually play ball. Now, I like James Franklin because he does well with, like, little. He does a really good job of just, you know, being under the radar. He'll win you 10 games, 9 games pretty consistently he may have one six win season but he'll keep himself bowl eligible but nothing about penn state tells me that they deserve to be in a new year's six game they got molly by the two teams in the big 10 that always beats them like every year like there's nothing about them i can ever say that i believe in them on now we go to old miss we have the lane train and everything that's going on there i mean I don't know how good Jackson Dart really is because he has not looked very good the last two years as a starting quarterback for them. I mean, he's looked okay, but he hasn't really looked all that good. Like, they should have lost that Tulane game. The only reason Mm -hmm. I didn't lose that Tulane game is because Pratt didn't play. Pratt plays, that game is done. Ole Miss has three losses, and we're not talking about them right now. And the referee missed spotting uh, on fourth down. Well, yeah, the miss – I try not to throw too much at the referees because he's not that's just not something you're going to be able to fix. We all there's there's a referee stupid deal every single week, but yeah, I don't see anything about Ole Miss that impresses me. So, but same time as Penn State, so I'm I'm gonna take Ole Miss. I think that they can go ahead and win this game. The spread is Penn State minus three and a half. I think Ole Miss covers this one and wins the game. All right, I will take Ole Miss and Joey Freshwater as well. Um, I, like I said, they're going to kick the literal college football equivalent of Eggo waffles in Penn state. Um, just bland, boring, and kind of always there. Uh, Ole Miss to me, just as much as Jackson's dart has been just a coin flip of a quarterback the last two years, like, uh, Jay said, they did also play very good football besides the Tulane game, which cost our intern probably the picks championship shot, Kelsey. So that Don't being start with me. I swear. <laughs> that being said, uh I'm gonna go with Ole Miss here. Betting on Ole Miss this year, I'm three and oh and I'm gonna stick with that. So I'm gonna stick with it here. So give me Ole Miss. All right. I'm gonna just defend myself for a second. Tulane was not a bad team. They were not a bad pick. They got 
last second third string quarterbacks playing to go on the road and win or to, to win a game against a big team at home you playing against the refs playing against the other team you know it's it's tough to do um anyways uh let me just throw a name out there for you guys uh Kinjon Jenkins Judkins sorry Judkins my bad the running back for Ole Miss has anybody watched this dude run he is literally Maurice Jones Jew reincarnated it is sickening to watch him run the ball because no matter what you do, you can't stop him for less than eight yards. Um, and there's, I'm sorry, Penn State, there's nobody on a Big Ten defense this year, any Big Ten defense, let alone on Penn State, that can probably hold up to a Judkins-type run. Um, there's very few teams out there that could have somebody that can do that. So, yeah, I'm going to go Ole Miss here. Uh, yeah, this is just feels like an easy win for, for Ole Miss. And the fact Spencer Sanders doesn't start for Ole Miss, it feels like a crime. Well, to Kelsey's point, I think that's why Ole Miss is going to win because Michigan proved it. They didn't throw a pass. The only pass Michigan threw in the second half against Penn State was called for pass interference. So they didn't throw a pass in that second half. They ran the ball right down their throats, literally. And Ole Miss will find out that's the way to beat them. Um, I think as much as it pains me, to agree with all you SEC guys. Whoa, whoa, ACC. I'm already miserable as it is. Oh, sorry. I forgot. My, my, not, my yeah. apologies, Jared. Um, I just don't see Penn State beating them. And I, I just – they're too inconsistent on offense. And like you guys have said, they're playing somebody that's halfway decent. And uh, I think I think Ole Miss is going to – or Mississippi is going to – they're going to run it on them. That's how they're going to win. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh, Ole Miss getting three and a half. Kevin Tuscaloosa's favorite son. First off, I think Jay is an, a Big Twelve guy for another seventeen ish, eighteen days. Bowl games December twenty eighth. So I don't know how long your allegiance to the Big Twelve will last after that. Uh, really, nothing else to add here except on tailgate the quad. My co-host Kiernan went to Penn State, and we have kind of a metric. Easy way to decide if Penn State's going to win or lose. If they're eleven, if they're ten or higher, they're going to lose. If they're fifteen or lower, they're going to win. That eleven to fifteen spots, their sweet spot. That's where they like to be. <laughs> they are number ten. Penn State's going to lose. Okay. I like it. Also, uh, Jay, I'm going to pull you up on, on on screen for a second. I have to ask a question. Did you get new Oklahoma stuff back there? Because I keep looking back there, and I feel like I see something new Oklahoma-wise every time I look on the screen. You know, just every once in a while, something just magically populates there, and so we just like to just throw it up there and see if people catch it. So you have a good eye. Some new stuff has populated. Or I just reshuffle it around and make it look like new stuff is populating. I'll let you guess which one it is. I'm going to go with both. Fair. <laughs> just three behind them. Blanket, yes. <laughs> no comment. But yes, <laughs> fair enough. All right, this game's gonna might get ugly. Um, either that or if it isn't ugly, we're gonna talk about it. it might be the biggest story on January second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Liberty taking on Oregon. Mine's at minus fourteen. So I'm not going to sit here and ask you guys to tell me why Lord Liberty has a shot. Or we're all gonna go through and say that Oregon's gonna win. I'm going to ask you: Can Liberty cover? We'll start yep. small. I want to hit this first. Oh, okay, fine. I will. Yes, absolutely. Liberty can cover, 
And despite Oregon's abilities defensively, they're really the best against the run. And you look at Liberty's team, guess what they don't do? They don't really run the ball well. They do like to air it out, though. And they have a lot of speed on the outside. Guys that could go any other Power 5 team, but they chose to go to Liberty and play with Hugh Freeze at the time. Now, Hugh Freeze obviously not there. Liberty still reaping all the benefits of that. The team is not a terrible team by any means. The offensive line is very good. Defensive line is a little bit small, but it gets okay because guess what? Oregon's offensive line is not 300-plus pounds on, on average. So we're doing okay if you're Liberty. Uh, yes, there's an absolute opportunity they, they cover this 14-point spread, and I actually am picking them to cover the spread. Not picking them to win the game, but at least picking them to cover the spread. Fair. I will take them to cover the spread as well. Mm-hmm. I might even, if you get me a few drinks in, take them as an upset pick <laughs> on the show. Uh, just for shits and giggles for a parlay or something like that, because I am just a degenerate when it comes to college football upsets. That being said, um, Oregon hasn't really uh, – is Nick's playing in this one, or is he sitting out for the draft? Supposedly hasn't said yet, but I haven't heard. Him. I mean, I feel like if – like the way he has played – and the way his season ended, I feel like he'd want to go out there and throw around a little bit. I mean, if they're up by two touchdowns or three or four, whatever it is in the fourth quarter, they're definitely pulling him. Um, so he doesn't get absolutely like railroaded and end his career at the age of 27 before his pro career starts. Uh, that being said, um, uh, yeah, I, I got to still take, I think obviously Oregon wins. I think Liberty's definitely going to cover though. They might finish with uh Maybe Liberty only loses by seven. I'm going 48-38 Oregon. And again, I'm going by the premise that I don't know if Oregon's going to take Liberty that serious in the beginning. And I think they're going to scare them and it's going to become a shootout. And to you guys' point, I think they're going to be able to put some points on the board. Liberty is. I think it's going to be kind of a fun game to watch. So. I mean, it's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of scoring. I'm all yeah. for it. Jay, definitely gonna be a lot of scoring. This game is at the Fiesta Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So Fiesta Bowl is traditional in teams that everybody counts out wins that bad boy in some random way. We've seen. <laughs> Boise State do that to my Sooners. We've seen TCU. I think Utah did that to Alabama one year. It's the it's the it's the it's the bowl game that for some reason the weird team that no one cares about somehow comes out and, and wins. The favorite like is sleeping for the first three quarters of the game and it's always too late. Yeah, exactly. Every time, it's always the Give number. Liberty eight. to go ahead and cover that spread. Hell, I think Liberty wins the game because I think oh, Oregon shit. is kind of just out of it now. They lost two games to Washington, threw them completely off. And so at this point, it don't matter what they do the rest of the season. They got their wins. They'll show up next year and look like a different team anyway. I think Liberty goes in here and pulls the upset just because it's the Fiesta Bowl. Wow. All right. Kev, you want to finish us strong here? Yeah. I mean, Jay alluded to the random team winning bowl games. Uh, he talked about Utah and Alabama. I don't know if Oregon's going to fall into this trap. Yeah, they're probably pissed that they lost the Pac-12 championship. They didn't make the cultural players like, well, we don't care anymore. Bo Nix is playing in this game. But that does not scream to me that this team does not care about winning. I think Bo Nix is going to want to come out on top. I think they're going to go out there and take all their frustrations out on Liberty. 
Uh, I'm, I'm just, as a Bonix uh, extraordinary um, expert, I guess I should say. Uh, let me just go ahead and throw this out there, guys. When uh, when you go to experience the Bonix experience, be prepared for all the upsets and all the surprises and all the negativity that comes with all the greatness he's done. He's had such a great year. Such a great year. There's no better way that for Bonix to go out of college football than to throw three interceptions and to lose to Liberty in the Fiesta <laughs> This literally just sum up everything about Bo Nix and his entire 17,000-year college career. <laughs> this man is in AARP years for college football. It is absolutely insane. He's almost as bad as my boy from Miami. What's his name, Cole something? Cam McCormick. Cam McCormick. Oh, I, me who yelled, when I yelled at McCormick when we were at the Boston College game, Kevin, he looked at me. Yeah. Yeah, he's about your age, so... <laughs> Not me in the second row of the Boston College stands yelling at McCormick, calling a bump for dropping a ball, him looking directly at me. I'm like, oh, shit. He needs to get a job. Yeah, I know. I mean, shit, I'm on my fourth job out of college already. What's his fucking excuse? <laughs> NCAA just keeps giving him waivers. And money. Yeah. All right. We're uh, on to the next Excuse one. Here. Oh, here's, well, here's a question. from Oh, Ooh, early second. I get third round vibes from him. I think he plays well, plays like efficient lights out ball. Second, if he plays like absolute horse shit, mid third. The inconsistency is what's going to kill him. Teams are going to yeah. go like the, if they're going to take a guy in the second, they they're like, okay, he might not have all the physical tools that we're looking for. He might not be able to throw it through a fucking sheet of titanium. He might not be the fastest guy, but he's consistent. Bo Nix is going to go out there. He's got a good arm. I'm not knocking his arm. But that arm might be going right to a defensive player. He doesn't know when he drops back to pass. How can an offense know? So I think third round. That sounds like Jeff George. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) John Kitna, maybe. There you go. Jay, thoughts? Yeah, I I can see the Kitna. That that sounds good. I think Knicks can actually last in the NFL. He he has pretty good size, right? Now he's like, he's like a Mariota traveling backup interim starter kind of. Right, right. He I think he can if if he plays his cards right, he can be a Chase Daniels, and that's the only player I would ever aspire to be in the NFL. <laughs> You're a career backup. <laughs> you make like fifty, sixty million, sixty million, and you never get hit. Why would you not aspire to do that? Like, I mean, I get the machismo behind football, but I don't like being in car accidents on a regular basis. But if I can go out there, do a little scout teaming, and occasionally play whenever somebody gets hurt, like once every three years, bro, and make like $40, $50 million, sign me the bleep up right now. I will take that money. Hell yeah, you've got that NFL retirement all set too, man. You're exactly right, Jay. I, I raise you. My man's owning like six dealerships on South Beach by the time that career is over. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Right on. Chad Henney. Yeah, exactly. Play. That's a, that's a, that's probably the guy I probably aspire to the most. Yeah, he's because a hero in Kansas City. And he has all the money of, of of his early career where he was supposed to be the savior, and yeah. then also he has all this extra money for being a great backup. Yeah, but. Yeah. I actually, you know, realistically, I think Bo Nix probably does go in the second round. Um, but I will say he has a career arc closer to Jeff Garcia, where he is going to be okay. a great game manager, where he stays as a starter for teams. Teams are going to be really disappointed because they're not getting like a superstar, but they're also not going to be disappointed because 
they're not getting a bottom 15. Or they get excited because their quarterback got injured for the 45th time and Garcia leads them to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not somebody's team. Yeah, like in his back end of his career, absolutely. But no, I think I think early on in his career, we're gonna see like 49ers Jeff Garcia, where it's just like, yeah, he gets his start probably because of an injury, but he's good enough to stay there and nobody's gonna replace him because unless you replace him with elite talent, you're not really getting better. What? He can game manage like the best of them. And in the NFL, that's all you need to win a Super Bowl is a game manager. Kind of sounds like Kirk Cousins a little bit. Yeah. Or Tom Brady, maybe. <laughs> not, uh, Tom also, Brady, I wanna, not Tom Brady talent, though, very clear. I, I want to just bring up backups real quick. Charlie Whitehurst. How did we not mention him? The man had a 10-year NFL career, did not step on a field for five of those years. Oh, God. Yeah. That's a legend. Legend right there at the bank. That's Ooh, who I aspire it. to be. Show up about half the time. Perfect. Who was the Packers quarterback that got the the bankroll from the Seahawks? Oh, Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn. There you go. Matt Flynn. Yeah. Actually, the bad part is Flynn actually had to start games, so that's different. That, that's yeah, that's like Matt Castle in Kansas. He was like a ballistics gel dummy for a couple games, man. He's just taking yeah. shells left and right. Don't ever exactly. mention that man's name in my presence again. Because he beat the he's what did he have six touchdown passes against my Lions and. Yes. Lou, and, to uh, be fair, since I've been alive since 1995, a lot of players put up a lot of touchdown passes against your Lions. But not they didn't parlay one game into a $25 million contract. Like That's just called years. hustle, baby. <laughs> in, the last, in the last game, cost the Lions a playoffs. I mean, you guys might have just given um, Justin Fields a second contract with that game on Sunday. Oh. Wow. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Listen, I shouldn't talk. My team, my team got embarrassed, too. Hey, it's all good, man. <laughs> They're still in My first place. I don't embarrassed care. all season. So I didn't even know Kevin's team was still not relegated to, to, to the XFL yet. They were just officially knocked out of the playoffs. Carolina? Week. Oh boy. No, he's a, he's, the a Patriots. he's a Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. Uh with the Bengals won, that officially knocked the oh. Patriots out, I think. With Jake Browning. <laughs> Fuck Dude, you, Jake tw- Browning. <laughs> 2018 CFP no show. <laughs> Uh, all right. Last, this, I, I only put this game up with the New York Six Bulls because this one is just entertaining to me. I like two scrappy teams. I got to watch both play. And so I saw this was a matchup. I was like, I actually really am looking forward to watching this game. Um, the Pop Tarts, uh, I believe that's the Holiday Bowl. I can't see it that zoomed in. Either way, um, I love. K-State, they've always been a fun team to watch. They always have had just like an interesting kind of quirky offense. I watched NC State shut down a lot of decent offenses this year, and they're just mean. They just hit everyone a lot harder than they're supposed to. Turnovers. They're just – they can't – they're not the best scoring team, but they, they're like a more athletic Iowa. So give me NC State as uh, in this one. I, I kind of – Maybe it's recency bias for them forcing like five turnovers against my Hurricanes, but then again, a lot of teams did that. Uh, I just their defense just flies around the ball. They get after the quarterback. It just seems like they're always swarming around, especially in those black jerseys. It's, it should be a fun game either way, but give me NC State. Let me yeah. jump into this one. Um, Kansas State ain't got a quarterback, right? Will Howard's in the portal, and it looks like he's going to end up at Miami. I don't know where, though. Stop USC's it. for some he reason visit with him. Who Miami? Yeah, he just visited with Miami. 
I want to. Ah, yeah, he went to USC, went to Miami. So Miami's out here. Well, y'all throwing bags at every quarterback. Y'all can get your hands on. Well, I, we got, I all we got left somebody. is Emory Williams uh, and his broken forearm from the Florida State game. So, Yeah, fair point. So I'm trying to figure out who going to really play for Kansas State, right? I mean, three and a half seems pretty high, but North Carolina State also isn't very impressive. I'm probably going to take North Carolina State, though, still, just because Kansas State ain't got no quarterback, and I don't know who they're going to try to trust the ball with and if they will be trustworthy enough. I'm going to go ahead and take take the Wolfpack. North Carolina State just hits you and they bully you. That's literally their entire ball game. They just Which try to great. beat. Yeah, just, especially against back quarterbacks. Uh, I will jump on this one as well. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stack on to what you're saying. Not only do they have no quarterback, they also lost their offensive coordinator to Texas A&M, uh, former quarterback at K State, Colin Klein. However, historically, we all know this about K State. The one thing they hang their hat on is the next man up mentality, to a absolute fault. Um, so much so that they have the highest rate of walk on players to ever play a single game in a D1 football season. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they're the definition of next man up. And I think this is a situation where you're going to see next man up mentality and they're going to pull something out of their butt for this game against NC state and, and pull, pull a victory here. Um, they also lost their, their, their captain Savage, uh, defensive player to the portal as well, but mm-hmm. it's still, like I said, next man up at K state, that's their mentality. Uh, I'm actually, I'm gonna go reverse everybody else. I'm gonna go K state wins this one. Kev. I have no idea who to pick on this. I feel like both Flip teams coin. had. I don't do flips. I don't have a fucking coin near me. Uh, let's go with NC State. I've watched them play in person once in my life. Uh, it was the ugliest game of football in the first half, and then in the second half, uh, it was NC State all the way. So let's go with that. NC State. That might actually be a great way to talk about this game. I agree. Fair enough. NC State. All right, we are going to roll after Lou picks his. Wait, Lou, you said NC State, right? NC State, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I, like, it didn't zoom into your camera fast enough. I was like, Damn. that's all right. Right on. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we're going to roll into the fun ones now. Uh, we're going to start off with the game that, you know, I actually almost forgot about this one. And then I saw Jay's background. And I was like, oh, this was bo- somehow this got pushed below all the New Year's Six games. So. Oklahoma, Arizona. This one will be fun. And I, Jay, who's actually starting for Oklahoma, though? Jackson Arnold, the five-star quarterback and Gatorade player of the year from his class last year, is going to be getting his first official start in the new era of Sooner Civilization. All right, we have to make these next three quick because we got to talk, obviously, about the uh, college football playoff. But I will go with Oklahoma here. I think Arizona caught a lot of teams in the Pac-12 by surprise. The Pacific Passing League is known for eating self alive, and this is no different. Uh, Oklahoma is a different beast. This is their last game as a Big 12 team. Uh, I think this five-star kid is going to be having an easy time throwing against that secondary. I don't think they're going to have to deal with – he's a little different than the uh, – what is it? They called Utah's third-string quarterback a pig farmer. He was a little pig farmer. Um, I think they played against another backup, and then you have the ghost of Caleb Williams. Um, it just it was just an ugly season for the Pac-12. Also, I don't count the Colorado Buffalo as an actual Pac-12 team. I consider them a media circus with a football team attached. Um, that being said, 
give me Oklahoma to cover and then some. Billy Sims, baby, 1980, Boomer Sooner. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I'm just going to go put Jay up here for that after that. That's the best follow. <laughs> well, I mean, I see what's behind me, so obviously we know what we're going to go with. But, no, I do think it's going to be a good game. I think Arizona did surprise a lot of teams, a lot of people in the pack in, in the country. There were one team that I kept picking um, when I was doing Bleacher Report for their college football pick show. I kept picking Arizona because there was something about them. And that freshman, Noah Fafita, yeah, he's got my attention, and it's somebody I'm going to be keeping my eyes on going into the Big 12. The new era of civilization for Oklahoma is going to be Jackson Arnold, which we've seen him play a little bit. He's got an arm. He likes to run. He can scramble. He feels like he could be up there. His ceiling is probably Baker Mayfield, and that's Heisman, right? That, that think his ceiling because he has a similar game and type. He's also faster. But the bigger thing for me is – Danny Stutzman just announced today that he's returning for another season. So he'll be here in 2024, which means he's going to play in the Alamo Bowl. So the defensive heart and soul and leader is back. And they also brought back Billy Bowman in the secondary, who should have been in the Thorpe Award conversation. But for some reason, they overlooked the fact that he had six interceptions and three of those returned for a touchdown. So 238 yards of return yards as a safety and he somehow did not end up in an award that's sponsored out of the state of Oklahoma by Paycom. Baffles me. Give me the Sooners. I think they cover that spread, no problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, Arizona has improved every year under their current coach, <laughs> whose name is something stupid, I think. I think his last name is Judge. Jed Fish. Weird fucking name. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but. I think Oklahoma is going to want to make a statement before going jumping ship to the SEC, and I think they're going to end Arizona's little Cinderella run. We've seen them on. Yeah, I think uh, this is a clean sweep here for Oklahoma. Um, this this team is too good. Nick Anderson uh, by himself out at that receiver. Uh, also, let's not sleep on Big Game Bob's son uh, Drake, the leading receiver, by the way, for Oklahoma this season. <laughs> Just wild. Uh, insane. Yeah, absolutely insane to think about. Uh, this is, but this team is – Brett Venables has this team, especially his defense, like out of its mind. They're ready to make an impact and go into the SEC on a roll. No better way to do that than beating this knot out of a def- defunct Pac-12 team. So uh, give it give it to Oklahoma here. Nothing against Arizona. They've had a fantastic season. They played well above their weight. But this is a situation where Oklahoma and Texas teams do not lose in the Alamo Bowl game. There you go. I believe Lou picked right. Everyone picked. I'm like, I I I'm, I lost. I I got a little carried away. Mike just gave me an update. His computer decided to restart itself and then start updating. Um, That's so, always the best. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, the, the, the home of uh, the home of computer problems. Yeah, literally. Like Josh has literally just died, and then we have Mike's who decided wants to update at nine thirty at night. Um, finally, we get to the fun ones. I mean, I, honestly, though, I think Arizona OU is going to be fun, but we got to talk about this one. It's the uh, five versus six matchup. Georgia, Florida State. I, I mean, fellas, it's this is this is the game that everyone's going to. It's going to if if by some miracle Florida State wins, guys, you know we're going to have a lot of conversations that next day, right? Let me stop you. Let me stop you. It's it's not gonna happen. I, I 
Georgia, Alabama caught him, and they they hit him right in the jaw. Okay, Alabama punched their ticket literally. Georgia, I watched Florida State almost lose to my Hurricanes, who were a dumpster fire that won games this year. I watched them barely beat a lot of mediocre ACC teams, and then they caught LSU with their pants down week one. Congratulations. That's your undefeated ACC champs. They played their schedule. Yeah. They got re- they, they earned it. Yeah. No, no, no. Georgia's going to thump them. I'm sorry. This is this is gonna. I'm taking Georgia plus the points. This isn't fan bias. This is just what I saw on tape. I've watched five Florida State games this year. Every single one of them, including the LSU game, I wasn't impressed. Jordan Travis, I was very impressed with. The rest of that, oh, and Coleman, obviously for obvious fucking reasons. But yeah, their defense doesn't scare me. Georgia's gonna be able to move the ball at will, and. Uh, Physicalities alone is going to take him out. So, give me Georgia by with the points. Yeah, I mean, Florida State is going to give Georgia their best shot. They're going to be running at them full speed. They're going to be trying to sh- rattle them, shake them up. They're going to try and play physical, hard-hitting defense. They're going to try and put points on the board by pulling some tricks out of the bag, and it's not going to matter worth a damn. Georgia's going to come out to an easy 21-0 lead after a quarter. People forget Florida State was down 13 to uh, 13 to North Alabama in the first quarter, which Jordan Travis still in the game. And they needed bullshit officiating and a poorly timed face mask to beat Boston College by two. With again, with Jordan Travis, this Florida State team was not getting out of the first round of the playoffs. They were not going to win a national championship. Even with Jordan Travis, they were not winning a natty and they're not going to beat Georgia. I don't think Jordan Travis would make a difference in this game. I think it might make the score more respectable. Georgia is a much better team. Georgia still had a clear-cut chance to make the college roll playoffs. The, even losing the SEC championship, Georgia was most likely going to get in over Florida State. Ignore the rankings. If it came down to it, the committee was putting Georgia in over Florida State. The minute you accept that, the minute your life will be better. It's going to be Georgia by a long shot. Glad we're on the same page, Bob. There is no way Florida State is going to get within two touchdowns of Georgia. As much as I was upset at first that Florida State didn't get in, once I cooled off and I looked at some of the facts like you guys were talking about, you're absolutely right. And Georgia is, even if they don't have the interest that you know, playing in a secondary game as opposed to the playoff, there's still – I don't know if it'll be 21 nothing after the first quarter, but I could see it very easily being a 35-7 to final. Georgia. There you okay. Go. I guess I'll wrap this bad boy up. It ain't a clean sweep, though. I love that everybody's just completely just – discounting Florida State, saying that they're done. I think Florida State has one of the best defenses in the country whenever they actually get things going. Um, and I think this is the game where they're going to get up. I think Georgia's really not going to care. They're pissed off at the fact that they got snubbed from the playoff as the number one team who won 29 straight games. Thank goodness they lost, so they, they're getting nowhere near close to my Sooners 47-game winning streak. So and that is intact. Victory. 
It's the only thing I really cared about. But the fact that they got excluded as the number one team losing one game and they got knocked out by other one-loss teams, they're pissed. But at the same time, they probably don't even care at this point. They're just like, we just want the season to be over so we can figure things out. There's a mass exodus happening in Georgia right now. We're seeing players jump up in there that you're like, wait, what? Like, what? what wait, former four star, former five star. Like, what do we? What is going on here? It's it's just not. I mean, they just lost Brock, Brock Vandegrift, you know, the, the the king of the red hair, and he was a five star quarterback that once again did not pan out there. And they're about to lose Dylan Rayola, who looks like that he's probably going to flip his commitment from Georgia. So it just doesn't. It's like five stars go there to die, but. I think Florida State gets up for this to prove a point just so they can pull a UCF, order a national championship ring because they're 14 and 0. Going with Florida State in this game. Oh, God, you just hit a, you just hit a chord somewhere. Uh, yeah, as the team that lost, as a fan of the team that lost to UCF in the bowl game that allowed them to do so. Um, yeah, my apologies <laughs> Sorry. to everybody out there. Uh, <laughs> that, I was at that game. That was awful. I, I brought my stepdad, and he has never been allowed to go to another Auburn game since. Um, bad luck. So, uh, anyways, yeah, actually, I'm kind of with Jay on this one. Uh, no better chance to just absolutely make everybody's life miserable than Florida State to Florida State and Georgia to Georgia, which Georgia doesn't win the big one historically. Florida State wins the one that doesn't matter, and this one doesn't matter for anybody other than Florida State and Georgia. We don't, we they don't care. Like, let's be honest, Beck doesn't care. They've had three receivers that are freshmen transfer out. They've had a backup tight end transfer out. We don't even know how healthy Brock Bowers is going to be realistically, how much he's really going to play. Their defensive defense has already been down from the last three seasons of defenses, which have been the best three seasons of defense in Georgia's history. And this defense has just not been that good. Uh, and they have two opt-outs as well. They also have two guys under the transfer portal. And there's not a single corner on Georgia's team that can handle Keon Coleman. Flat out nobody. I'm sorry. We're talking Michigan State transfer here who is about to just – Moss all over every single one of these Georgia de- defenders. Uh, you know, you don't have to have to be a good quarterback to throw the ball up to a guy who's six foot four and can jump out of a building. And I'm sorry, you don't have to be good. Uh, Jared, any one of your broken arm quarterbacks could have done that at Miami. But three, yes, uh, Florida State wins this one. Um, also, throw shout out to Jared Verse, uh, absolutely one of the best defensive linemen and most underrated defensive linemen. When he goes in the draft, look for him to go in the first round. All right. Now for the games we've all been waiting for. We are going to start with the two versus three matchup in the college football playoff. We have Texas and Washington. Um, Texas right now, uh, four-point favorites. Um, you have Penix and Washington taking on uh, – God, why can I not think of Texas Quinn, quarterbacks? Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. I couldn't – I don't understand why I couldn't think of his name for a second. I drew a complete mind blank. I drew a complete mind blank for a second. Anyway, um, I watched Texas absolutely thump Oklahoma State. Uh, I watched them upset Alabama. I watched them lose to Oklahoma. Okay? Those are the three Texas games I watched in Hentley this year. I saw the same team every time. They can score. They can move the football. But I can't go against Penix. That's my dude. <laughs> I can't pick against him. I love this Washington team. They showed me a physical side in that Pac-12 championship game that I've been waiting to see all year. 
They showed up. They came to play. Panics led them down the field. They scored. They won. They held off Knicks and the boys. I'm going to go with Michigan here. It's going to be tight. Now, I don't know if they're beating whoever comes out of that other game, but I think this is where we're going to get that, like, that TCU Michigan, like, what the hell just happened kind of game. So give me Washington here. Get the win. Uh, before we move on, uh, I just want to point out Texas is in Austin, um, and this is like a 12 hour drive to New Orleans from Austin. So I don't know how much of a home game we're really talking about. I, I believe this guy is a Florida State fan, so their education at the university isn't. Well, well, we're not going to insult anybody for being a fan of Florida State, okay? But, but I, I, I think there's the a good point a here. Subject, Kelsey. Yeah, okay, Jared. I'm not going to talk about school subjects. This okay? is coming from Austin, and Kelsey pointed out it's about 12 hour drive, which. You would grant to typically say, oh, you know, it's not too much of a home game. But then you think about how far Washington is traveling. Yeah, but okay. Difference being Washington has Alaska Airlines as a hub and Delta as a hub in Seattle. Then they directly go to New Orleans. Touche. So. Touche. And they're cheaper flights than driving 12 hours. Touche. But still, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of Texas people go into this game because they can be at the armpit of Texas connected to Louisiana, which is a lot shorter because remember Texas fans all over the state. They ain't just not not like most other fans. They everywhere. So they're probably going to make a five or four hour drive to new Orleans from Houston from, well, I mean, Houston's where a lot of the fans are, which is why someone like me does not want to see Texas in the national championship because if they go to national championship, Literally, it's in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's in the state of Texas. Every Texas fan will be there. It'll be just surrounded with nothing but that disgusting burnt orange. But I digress. This is a rematch from last year. Um, most people don't re- remember, but Washington played Texas in the Alamo Bowl last season and beat them 27-24. So this will be a rematch for Texas as, once again, Washington will be traveling midway through the country to play this game. And Kelsey, you great point. They've got a hub. So they've got flights that will go in and out direct, no problem. I'm going with Washington in this game. I think Washington can win this game um, just because I'm really sold on Michael Pennis going out there and cooking that Texas secondary. Mm-hmm. Texas secondary is not good. Nope. We proved that. They're not good. And Washington is physical enough to slow down some of that Texas pass rush. Those robbers, they've got like six wide receivers that can do stuff at Washington. And that's going to put a lot of strain on the linebackers and the secondary for Texas. Give me Washington to go ahead and win this game. And I think they do enough to put enough pressure on Quinn Ewers. You pressure him enough, he's going to fold. I'm going to jump in that for Jay. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Jay. Uh, this is a situation <laughs> where Washington is it, – it, this everybody's going to talk about the Washington last time they were in the playoffs. They played Bama. Right. But you played Bama – in Georgia in a home game, very eerily similar to you playing Texas in New Orleans in a home game. Uh, but again, we just proved the points of, of why it's not really a home game. But there's no more obnoxious fan other than Alabama fan except for a Texas fan, um, which is why I will say here, I just hope to God Texas loses for no other reason than to watch all of them in misery. Um, but also, the point about tickets, right? Yeah, it's a home game. Cool thing about college football playoffs, they have a 50-50 split amongst the universities across the board. The only way you can get these tickets is if you're part of this university. The only way you can get these tickets is part of this university. So 
they may show up at the stadium, but they're going to be outside the stadium, not inside the stadium, which is what gives Washington an opportunity. Um, and also, Roma Duze is an absolutely fantastic beast of a receiver. And Washington always has good corners. Even though the rest of the defense is struggling, Washington always puts out good corners. So give me Washington in this one. Not even counting what I said about Michael Penix earlier. Kevin. I know we've talked. I know, Jay, Kelsey, you guys have talked a lot about how it's not really a home game. It It is. If there, if the game was in the middle or the Pacific Northwest, excuse me, then yeah, no, it wouldn't be anywhere else in the country. They're Texas fans. There are more Texas fans than Washington fans. Jake Browning and that 2016 team where we're yeah. talking about them playing Alabama, the very similar season statistics wise to Michael Penix Jr. Different players just pointing out that they're similar. So I'm going to go with Texas. Uh, I think Quinn Ewers has developed a lot this year. I think Steve Sarkeesian is getting his system in there. I think they're beefing up again after years of just focusing on skill position players. I think Texas is a good chance. I think this is their chance to show the world they're back. Also, Kevin wants a rematch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've I've gone back and forth on this game. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I went on a show and I said, there's nobody going to beat Texas. And then I watched this Washington team who – to me, just punked Oregon, and uh, I love Penix. I really do. Oh, gosh. it! I, I got to go with Washington. I just think for what you said, especially what Jay said, brought up a great point. I think the defensive backs of Texas can be lit up. Not quite as bad maybe as Oregon, but I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm taking Washington. I'm going to take them – 52 to 49 or something crazy like that. All right. And finally, we know. I know. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait. You didn't pick. I did pick. I took Washington. You did not pick. I went first. You did not go first. I said said Texas's look great, but I'm picking Michael Penix in Washington. You rolled your eyes at me. I I know for, I was like, fuck, I know for a fact I picked. I went first. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Finally. I got your back, Jared. Thank you, Lou. I know a certain member of this panel has been waiting all day to talk about this. I just have to ask you a question. I have a yeah. very important question for you guys. Is this not Michael Penix? <laughs> is this is Bobby Wagner not Michael Penix Jr.? Jesus Christ. Are they not the same person? Can you just look at that face and tell me that is not the same person? He is I slightly don't, heavier. And they're, like, they're like they look like they're cousins. They are brothers, man. They are twins. <laughs> Sorry. This has just bothered me since the Heisman. DJ mentioned it and it's bothered the heck out of me. Finally, the game that Kevin's probably going to not shut up about for the next two and a half, three weeks. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't hate, he's brought his I hate Michigan shit yet. Um, but, Kevin, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't <laughs> hate Michigan. I, I, I understand. Everybody hates Michigan. I don't, what are you talking about? I don't hate Michigan at all. I'd have to think about Michigan. I'd have to have any sort of feeling towards Michigan. Michigan is irrelevant to me. Like, they, they do not matter to me whatsoever. They are the little brother in their own rivalry, so can't relate to them that way. You're full of shit there. (laughs) What what, what was it, like 
17 and three over 20 years on Ohio State side. Little brother. Little no, brother in that Michigan. rivalry. Okay. Okay. For now. But all right. We, you digress. Go ahead. JJ McCarthy has looked unbelievably mid since Eric Mangini report. Wait. Sorry. Wrong sign stealing scandal. Since Connor Stallions was caught going to games at Vedvoig people. Michigan, and people are like, oh, Alabama's defensive line is going to struggle against Michigan's offense. Like, oh, Alabama's not going to be able to stop the run. Oh, Alabama's not going to be able to block. What the fuck are you talking about? Every single offensive lineman on our team is bigger than Michigan's entire defensive line. Our defensive line has maybe the biggest freak of an athlete in college football right now, Dallas Turner. It's <laughs> It does not matter. Jalen Milroe. Sweat is still a bigger freak of nature. But that's fair. No, that's that's a good point. I was gonna. That's say. why I said maybe one of. Yeah, de- definitely number probably two number two in the nation. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I don't think about Michigan. Uh, it's a good thing I'm not coaching this game because I'd be like, Michigan does not matter. They are here for <laughs> cheating. Uh, if Florida State wants to be mad at someone, they should probably be mad that Michigan was allowed in. But where's your yeah. proof? Uh, the fact that Wait, proof of what Connor Stallion was fired. Do we want to go through all Michigan scandals real quick? We don't have enough time to do this. Improper. Show me your proof. Of... Show me your proof. This is uh, FBI is people that bitch about it are the fans. You don't FBI hear the players bitching. All right. I'm taking Alabama for one fucking reason, one fucking reason only. Jalen Milrow has proven to me over the last three and a half weeks this man is here to play. Um, that Mary. throw against Auburn was fucking phenomenal. No, it was not. Yes, and it was. You stop no, it. You stand here on a lie. There it took a the Hail top. Mary to beat Peyton Thorne-led team. All wow. Right, here's the best part, and Kevin said it. He's he's a freak of nature. There's about 14 of them on the other side of the ball. On the other, And the other matter of fact is, is that Alabama, they're getting hot. They're the hot team right now. Okay. They they just they, they're winning games. They're literally they they slipped up to Texas. That's it. That's it. And Milrose played a great game. And also, the last thing I mentioned, we just took, praised Georgia for the last twenty minutes, like five minutes ago. And they're the team that beat them. Also, I think Michigan kind of played a little bit of a cupcake schedule too. But that's a whole other ball game. Oh, um, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, your hard, your hardest player, put guy to play against all year is Kyle McCord. But I digress. Um, we just soft boy, soft boy slip. Um, that being said, give me Alabama going away here. I think that they will come out and they will maybe not mollywop them, but it's going to be at least a ten point game. I think Alabama is going to handle their business and they are going to pray that they get another shot at Texas. I don't think they will, but there it is. Right. I'm, I'm giving Lou the floor because uh, Lou, Lou has the most. <laughs> He's chirping and I'm waiting to hear this shit. Well, you know, I knew what I was walking into tonight. So, I mean, Alabama needed a Hail Mary to beat Auburn. They're they're inconsistent in my book. And you, 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 when you get to play an FCS school in week 11, that helps. That helps get your momentum going a little bit. Don't you guys call that Nebraska? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, uh, you, you know, I, our bull record has not been good either. So I, I, as much as I want to pick Michigan to win this one, I really want to just to shut up a lot of people, not you guys, but 
I really like Sam Freakin to shut up these guys. I I think I think Michigan's defense can handle Ohio State or uh, Alabama's, but I don't know if Michigan's defense can handle Ohio's or Alabama's offense, and that's what it's going to come down to. And uh, God, I can't argue with you guys. You know, I think you're taking our running game lightly, which is good. But uh, give me Alabama to win by three. I respect it. I'm going to be honest. Y'all made compelling points. J.J. McCarthy has not shown us anything, but he ain't had to show us nothing. That's right. Michigan's just running air down everybody's throat, right? Michigan's probably one of, if not the most physical team in college football. They're one of those teams that you hate to go against because it's just like, dang, it's like, have you, have you had to physically screw in screws into like a cabinet or something to build it, but you couldn't use a drill. You had to hand screw it and how exhausting it gets after you get to the fifth one and you've got 50 of them that's playing against Michigan on the offensive line. They just wear you out. And it's like they get stronger as the game progresses. So by the time the fourth quarter comes in, you're like this. And they're like, all right, guys, y'all ready to get started? Yeah, it's like, it's, like when you're, it's like when you're moving your friend in and they've got one giant dresser and 150 medium weight boxes. Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. It's just work. And so I think Michigan pulls the shocker here. I said this week four especially as all of the Connor Stallion stuff started to come out, Michigan's going to win the national championship. Then they're going to vacate all of those wins. And we're all going to be pissed because the whole year is wasted. <laughs> like, it's just, this, this season was wasted. They just went straight darkest timeline. <laughs> it's oh, just well. pointless. I mean, by they're the way, gonna win it. they are the favorites still at minus one and a half. I mean, it's basically a fucking pickup, but, you know. And they're traveling... To what? They're at, they're, they're not like the Peach Bowl. Where are they? Pasadena. At? They're at the Rose Bowl. They're the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So it's even more of a home game for them because Bama's traveling cross country to get out there, and Michigan goes there all the time when they play in the Rose Bowl. They've done it for years. So that's like a second home for them. I'm calling it for Michigan to win this game. I don't think it's a blow. I think it's a close one. Jalen Milrow goes out there and cooks. I think that the goal for Bama is to make JJ McCarthy beat them. But the problem is, is you really don't want him to have to beat you because he can throw. He just never has to. There's, there's no reason to. Stupid. Why waste your time? That's why he's still considered a top draft prospect, which is very weird if you think about it. He don't really do much in numbers, but they still think he's a top prospect. Why? Because he's got the talent. Thing is, Michigan don't say, hey, no, we're going to run down their throat. I'm going to call Michigan to win this game in a shocker. The one thing, though, getting back to my pick, too, is Michigan's offensive line is really banged up. And uh, that's what worries me the most. Their they're center and uh, Zinter, who is, you know, one of the best linemen in America, he's done, obviously. So I think that's what worries me about Michigan. And again, Michigan's track record in the Rose Bowl in my lifetime hasn't been that great either. But uh, just, God, the, the history of it and Alabama's, all kidding aside, 
they got to beat Alabama before I can pick them to beat them. That's why I took Alabama. That's fair. And that's fair. That's how I feel about also, Penn State. Every time I pick them. Any, any game Alabama's Penn State's involved only in. Lost, Alabama's only lost the Rose Bowl once, and that was 1937. So uh, they've they've only been to the Rose Bowl four times though. So they yeah. have been to the Rose Bowl one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven right. times. Seven times. My bad. Uh, anyways, point is the reason why Michigan's home is LA is because they finished second in the Big Ten countless times under the BCS era. Um, it's also why they are not good. At, in in the Rose Bowl in the BCS and now college football playoff era. Also, there's been no egregious more no more egregious crime this year than what has been done to Jalen Milrow in the season. I am saying that as an Auburn fan. Jalen Milrow has been absolutely insulted time and time again. However, I say I say that knowing full well that now JJ McCarthy has gotten a one first place vote in the Heisman Trophy. So now that is the most egregious thing that has happened this season, and adds more reason into why. I don't want Michigan to win this game and why Michigan should not be a number one overall seed period point blank. This team should not be. They did play a cupcake schedule. It is what it is at the end of the day. Their strength of schedule was much lower than every one of the top four teams here. And that's just a fact. JJ McCarthy did not have to do anything because Blake Corum and that offensive line was doing everything. But we saw once the injury happened to Zinter, one play, a touchdown from Blake Corum, but we haven't seen anything from him since. Not, not not against a real team, let's be honest. It's against Iowa here. Uh, but now comparing stat-wise, J.J. McCarthy actually has more yards and more touchdowns and less interceptions than Jalen Milrow this season. Uh, Jalen Milrow did sit out, what, two games? A game and a half? Something like that. So take that for what it's worth. Um, Physicality-wise, look, I, maybe I'm, I'm biased here because I've you know dealt with this type of level of talent. Uh, Big Ten football players are physical but there are levels to this. And as much as I love to say that the talent is there for, for Michigan, it does not equal to the just sheer brute force that comes from an Alabama defense and an offensive line. That team is built different. They are trained differently. They are absolute freaks of nature. And they also don't have to get paid in hamburgers to be able to play. So there are a lot said to this, but I'm going to go with Alabama here. Um, it just, this is not, it's not going to be really a good game because that, if this is offensive line for Michigan was, was healthy, I'm going Michigan. And I said this before, I think the Heisman trophy winner for Michigan is that offensive line point blank. But unfortunately that they're not there. Zinter getting out. I mean, you, it, you know, lose exactly right. Zinter is one of the best offensive line, if not the best center in the, in the nation up until that injury. Um, it's, it sucks to see, but it's part of the game. Whereas yeah. Bama get running on all cylinders right now. And we all know hot streaks do play a part in the playoffs. So yeah, give me Bama here over Michigan. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game though. It's probably going to be like a three to seven point game. So no, nothing crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, we have hit over an hour and a half. I appreciate these guys for hanging on the marathon session with me. Shout out to our boys, Josh and Mike, who are unfortunately down for the count tonight due to technical issues. That being said, Lou, where can we find your amazing content? Um, you can find me on the Captain Lou Extravaganza on the well, based out of the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, powered up by Belly Up Sports, by the way. Uh, Wednesday nights, the Captain Lou Extravaganza, where we talk about everything sports related, and uh, nights during the hockey season, 
We do the ACHA Power Play, which uh, is the uh, American Collegiate Hockey Association, which is the National Club Hockey League. Don't tell those guys that. But uh, that's on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock as well. And I got to say, it's been an absolute honor and a treat to be with you guys tonight. Same to us. It was a blast. Thanks for bringing your A-game, man. It was fun. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can find me and the Krusty crew over at the Corner with Pod. Um, everything Corner with Pod. Uh, we do live shows every Monday. Not this week, obviously, because of this show. So it's tomorrow on YouTube. And then, obviously, the Corner with pregame, which is on Thursdays. That was Kevin's brainchild when he was with us. Um, still going strong. We are actually about to wrap up our 10th season, which is fucking insane to think about. We're at, between live and regular shows, we're over 390 episodes, which is just absolutely bonkers. Um, that being said, me, Matt, and uh, Chris, we're always going to give you at least as much bad and entertaining sports, gambling and drinking and just having a good time. Um, all these fine esteemed gentlemen have either made an appearance or are making an appearance soon on the uh, corner with pregame. So it's always a fun time over there. Uh, we're corned with pod on basically everything social media. Kelsey, what about you and uh, my, my, my handsome Hunter Renfro body double? Yeah, you can find DJ and I every Thursday or sorry, every Wednesday, 7 PM. I do this every time, every Thursday, every Wednesday, 8 PM Eastern time, uh, live on all audio platforms, Wednesday morning. Uh, so you catch that 7 AM. And uh, you can find us on social media, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at high underscore low underscore sports or on everything else, at high low sports. Um, make sure you add in high low sports. Otherwise, you'll find a all-female talk show. So I always have to throw that out there. Yeah, made that mistake the first time I tagged you guys. Um, Mr. Smith. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Unfair Sports, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listen to. Just search Unfair Sports. I go live on Sundays and typically Wednesdays for uh, the Sooner or Later Sports Show. Talk mainly OU football and some college football mixed in. And uh, I do another show with some friends called the SEC Connect on Wednesdays at 6. We talk all SEC football and we just kind of clown each other uh, a lot. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me as usual. It's another good time. All right. And last but not least, one of my oldest friends here, Kev, where we find you and Kiernan's uh, rocket sponge. Oh, got to shut down the show before he does. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't worry, Jared. You can say least. My mom certainly did. Uh, you can find us at Quad Tailgate on all social media platforms. Uh, we release Wednesday nights. Uh, as I like to call it, the second biggest shit show in college football behind the CFP committee. And the College Football Podcast, the CFB Hall of Fame is scared to listen to because they blocked our Twitter account. So <laughs> check us out. Tailgate in the quad at Quad Tailgate Wednesday nights. Like I said, Kevin has a goddamn menace on social media. Um, hey, real quick before we get out of here, everybody, five cents, five, five words or less. Who's your national champion? Jared, you're going last because I know you can't keep the five words. Nope. Okay, you're going first. Michigan. Brought to you by candidates. Michigan, just so they can go ahead and vacate all the wins. There you go. Kev? Alabama, roll motherfucking tide. I thought you might need all five words. All right. Uh, Washington, Michael Penix. Jared, five seconds or less. Otherwise, I will kick you out. Washington, Cinderella story. All right. My dude. And then also our last sponsor, SeatGeek. By the way, use, use that for free for your first ticket, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It's it works. 
for everyone except me. Apparently, I used it like a year ago and forgot about it. Bye, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. It's okay, though. All right. Do you think it was my mom joke? <laughs> no, Kevin. I think that was not what scared him away. I think it's what scared Lou away. Um, That's fair. <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, check out all these fine gentlemen's shows. And a pretty shout out to Josh Mahler of Rise of the Occasion for doing all the graphics. All, help me with this write-up. And for being a true soldier, we appreciate you, buddy. I know you uh, were sitting here watching the show the entire time in your hotel room, wherever the hell you are for work. We appreciate you coming through. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the rest of you, stop by. Thank you. Uh, hopefully you guys stop in for the corner booth on Thursday. Ho- maybe I'll have one of these esteemed gentlemen back. I'm not sick of them by then. Uh, as for myself, Kelsey, Jay, Kevin, and Mr. Lou, we appreciate you coming through and have a good night. Peace.